Well, hello, everyone. Super excited about church announcements. Hey, the Super Bowl uh, is Sunday evening. If it's Sunday, then it's tonight. Are you excited or are you more excited for church announcements? Me, personally, I hope both teams lose tonight because I'm more excited for church announcements. Hey, coming up this month, uh, February 21st, couple Wednesdays from now, from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., is our next family fun night. We set up some of our favorite bounce houses. We have our human foosball arena in the auditorium as well. That is a blast. I highly recommend you invite everybody you know uh, that has kids to that. Also, if you can, please sign up to volunteer for that event. Uh, volunteers make that event successful, and we really appreciate the help. We're, we're begging and pleading you, please volunteer for that. That's going to be February 21st from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Uh, Jam Night, one of my favorite events. That's also coming up towards the end of the month, February 28th at 6.30 p.m. Bring your instruments, sing along with us. We have a great time. Uh, the songs are on the app. You can click the, the link in there and get all the chord charts and words if you want to practice along at home so you're ready or just be like me and show up and kind of just play the songs. It's all good. Uh, so that's going to be February 28th at 6.30 p.m. That's our next Jam Night. Our men's and women's Bible studies are going on on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. here at the church. They're in separate rooms. They both, both of those groups have great times. So, uh, yeah, join them for that if you're interested. Those are the announcements I have on my device here. Keep downloading our KVC Church app. It's your go-to place uh, for any up-to-date info. Uh, you can keep checking out the website as well, keysvineyard.com. We update both of those all the time. And with all that being said, let's get ready for church. <laughs> How many more times do I have to do that? Thousands of times. Hey, everybody online, welcome. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop in at a great uh, 8 o'clock time. And, and so we're looking forward to spending this time with you. And then we're back into our series, Kingdom Rebellion. We'll be in Genesis chapter 4 this week. Got some cool things to talk about. So get your Bibles and a coffee and get comfortable because here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is wonderful seeing all your faces, being in the room with you all. We are looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the Word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning. We are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We will dismiss the kids off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We're in Kingdom Rebellion Part 3, and it is chock full of stuff. So we're going to be, you know, we're going to be learning about a bit, just a fair bit today. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your willingness and your desire to meet with us. We thank you for how you've been working in our hearts this week, for how you've been moving through us and changing us. As we settle in your throne room, Lord, 
we ask that our praise is a pleasing offering to you. And we're just here to draw closer to you, Lord. So give us ears to hear you clearly. And eyes to see you more fully. Tune our hearts to your heart. We thank you for your unreserved love for us. And we love you and we thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Heavenly Father, we ask you to keep your household, the church, continually in your true faith so that those who lean only on the hope of your heavenly grace may always be defended by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to start our time of worship now. And I always like to encourage us all and remind us to sing out and to lift our voices and to participate as we praise the Lord in this place today. He is worthy of our praise. We're going to see the words show up on these screens so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. He has set us free.
What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus We love you, Lord. We are so, so thankful, God. For your presence here you're good to us and we love you and father as we're here in your presence i'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word lord god would you anoint the words that are spoken that are taught use those words god to stir up our hearts towards you and holy spirit i'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children today god anoint them give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them oh god you are so good lord we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. So happy that you're here. We are still learning true Bible stories from the book of Acts. And if you remember, right... Last week, Peter and John went to the temple, right? And they met a man there who couldn't walk. And they prayed for him and he was healed, right? Well, Peter and John, while they were in the temple, (coughs) excuse me, they continued to talk about Jesus, right? About everything that Jesus did. But the religious leaders, right? The ones who had crucified Jesus, they were so angry at them. They were like, stop talking about Jesus, right? And they put them in jail. Can you believe that? Yes, but even though they did this, people heard the gospel, right? They heard the stories and they put their trust in Jesus and were saved. Isn't that amazing? I know, right? And then the next day, the religious leaders brought Peter and John before the high priest and his family, and they asked him, by what name or by what power are you healing and teaching, right? And Peter became filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, are you asking about the man who was healed, right, who couldn't walk? Are you asking about who did it, right? And And then he told them, we want you to know, you and all of Israel to know that this man was healed by the power of Jesus, right? You crucified Jesus. Yes, Zoe. You like the story? Yes, cool. Yes, you crucified Jesus, he told them, but God raised him from the dead, right? Yes, Caleb. It's good. You like the story? Okay, good job. 
What? Yeah, from God, because he's God, right? That's where Jesus gets his power. He is God. He created all things. Okay, good question. But yes, so that's what happened, right? They were like, they were like, God is, um, okay, where was I? <laughs> it's okay, yeah, it's okay. So he told them, you crucified Jesus, right? You crucified Jesus, but God raised him from the dead, and it is he that has healed this man, Right? And then guess what happened? He told them, right? You thought Jesus, you rejected Jesus. You didn't want anything to do with Jesus because you thought he wasn't important, but he is the most important one of all. And he told them in Acts 4, 12, there is no, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. And the religious leaders were surprised at how well Peter was speaking, right? And he told them to stop talking about Jesus. And Peter and John said, we cannot keep quiet. We must speak about the things that we have seen and about the things that we have heard, right? And the religious leaders could not punish Peter and John, so they let them go. And John and Peter went to the other disciples, and they prayed... Yeah. Okay, one second, okay? Cool. And they pray that God would give them the power to speak about Jesus without fear. Isn't that amazing? The gospel is good news, and we need to share it. It must be shared, right? Are you ready to share? Yeah, right? Cool, good. All right, are you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? All right, awesome. Repeat after me. Acts 4, 12. Good. There is salvation. And no one else. For there is no other name. Under heaven. Under heaven. Given to people. By which. We must be saved. Excellent work, boys and girls. Good job, you guys. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And why that happens, but before they dismiss, we're going to pray for them. Maybe, kids, you can help me sing happy birthday. There's four birthdays we got to sing today, okay? So... uh, it is Jason's birthday. Where are you, Jason? And it's Joanne's birthday. Hi, Joanne. And it is Cameron's birthday. Cameron. And it's Alicia's Kim. birthday. She's Alicia. in the back. Alicia. That's the ones I know of. If it's your birthday, insert your name here as we get to that yes. spot. Here we go. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Everybody. Happy Happy birthday, Jason, Joanne, Alicia, and Cameron. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. All right, Pastor Jordina is going to pray for you. Ready? All right, boys and girls, are you ready? Let's bow our heads and let's think about the Lord, okay? All right. 
Father in heaven, we thank you so much for how well you take care of us, Lord, for how well you provide for us, Lord, for sending the Holy Spirit to help us in all things, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you will empower your kids, Father, to speak about Jesus, Lord God. Let it come naturally, Lord God. Let it come with power, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Good job, you guys. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Good job. Thank you, Jose. Have fun. Oh, these are some cute. We'll see you in about 30 minutes. (laughs) Bye, James. No. (laughs) We wipe out? You wipe out. Skipping. Do you remember skipping as a child? Yes. I'm not going to do it do you, now. No, though. do you know you forget because you haven't done it, and then you think you can skip and you wipe out when you get older. Just boom. <laughs> you, you've lost the... You have, you, if you haven't skipped in like 30, 40 years, don't try it. Okay. Unless you're near the hospital. Unless Just trust me on hospital. this. <laughs> unless you're a paramedic standing by. There you go. Well, that could be when you're... Yeah, let's just... Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, I said 30, 40 years. You haven't yeah. skipped. Welcome to the vineyard. So good to have you with mm-hmm. us. Welcome to those of you joining us online, and uh, we're happy to be with you. Uh, and uh, it, the code that just popped up on the screens here in the sanctuary, if you point your smart device at it, it will take you to a page on the website with important links. The digital connect card is there if you've never filled that out. The uh, fill-in notes are there, which are really handy, I think, uh, to follow along with what we're talking about. The listening assistance is there. The translation system is there. We translate at 9.30 and 11 into 30 different languages. Fascinating. Uh, the, and so if, if, if English isn't your favorite language, you can pick one of 30. Yes. And uh, you, you can go. read it on your phone, or if you have your headphones in, you can listen almost in real time. Fascinating <laughs> how that works. Yay! Yay! Very good. And uh, very cool. I, and actually, there's, there's two different Chinese dialects, I think. Oh, there, yeah, very cool. So... Um, very helpful. And uh, if you don't have the QR code in front of you, because it's not showing up at home, on the app, it's called Useful Links. So you can go there. Also, real quick, uh, before we pray for our neighbors, two quick things. Family Fun Night, February 21st. Big community event we do quarterly. And we take all the chairs out and we put, we, we have a lot of bounce houses. We put 10 bounce houses in here of different types and games. Uh, and then we have the food truck going and we give out free hot dogs and ice cream. That's from 5.30 to 7.30 on Wednesday the 21st. It needs volunteers. So if you can volunteer on the app, there's a link and just let us know that you can come and help. We need 30, 40 people to make that work. So. We do, because uh, there's a lot of kids. There's a, it's, yep. it's usually packed with kids and fun. new folks, pe- people that I've never met. Uh, are always here, and I just love the opportunity to meet some new folks. So that's coming up. The other thing that's on the app, uh, this time of year we do a, a special offering. It's called the One More Offering. Once a year from like you know February through Easter, we put this thing up, the One More Offering. That's our mission, One More. It's not like One More Offering, because that would never finish. Uh, it's our mission. And people ask me, is there something that you would like us to accomplish over and above the normal stuff? We, we put a video together. There's four things on that video uh, that you can watch a video and pray about, 
And if you want to get partnered with us financially with those things, there's ways to do that right there on Absolutely. the app in the video. So very cool. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. We're going to keep on in a series today called Kingdom Rebellion. Um, this is part three. This follows that last series we did, Kingdom Revealed, which was Genesis 1 and 2. And now we're Genesis 3 through 11, the main things are the three big rebellions, the fall, the flood, and the Tower of Babel. We've done an overview, and now we're filling in the pieces. We talked about the fall last week, and we'll touch a little more on that as we move into Genesis 4 and talk about Cain and Abel today. And, uh, that's good. It's a good one. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> and you have to listen to it a lot, so that's a good thing. I do. Thing. Yeah. It helps. Whenever. And you've done it for 30 years with me. They haven't all been good. Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? Yeah. Who's ever said that? When he first started, oh, Lord, um, he would pace as he preached. So you were doing this. It's not as easy as it looked. Like a tennis man. It was hard. Well, it, yeah, you did. We made we got, it. We got the through. Grace Here we of are. God. But uh, let me uh, go. Yeah, let me do the jokes. Oh, yay. The math teacher saw that little Johnny wasn't paying attention in class. Hmm. So she called on him and asked, Johnny, what are 4, 2, 28, and 44? And little Johnny quickly replied, NBC, CBS, HBO, and the Cartoon Network. That's how Johnny does math. Johnny got a tutor. Boom. Big game later today. And uh, I know a lot of people will... They've been playing pregame since yesterday. Uh, anyway, uh, the commercials are some of my favorites. Uh, did you hear that Campbell's is mm-hmm. one of the main sponsors of the big game this year? Really? Talk about a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm okay. done. Please <laughs> pray for us and lead us in the reading of the word. I'm going to try. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Papa. Thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, whatever heaviness or burden or sickness we walked in with, Lord, we're going to lay at your feet. Because you told us that we, if we were burdened or heavy laden or weary, we could come to you. That you were humble and gentle in heart. That we would take your yoke upon us and learn from you. And that we would find rest for our souls. So Papa, today, bring your rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Genesis, as Pastor said. We're in chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. All right. Whenever I see a, a pretty full group like this, I always think, thank you for being kind to one another in the parking lot. Because <laughs> I know navigating it is tricky, but so glad to have you with us. And uh, we are in this series, Kingdom Rebellion, uh, and uh, we looked at the fall specifically last week in Genesis chapter 3 and many of the events that uh, sort of were leading up to that. 
And we see that the, the humans fail because uh, they, they try to make themselves gods instead of trusting in God. Uh, we saw how the, the serpent, the snake, and uh, we looked at how Scripture reveals that it's more than a talking snake. It's one of those heavenly beings that we've talked about, this spiritual family, the Elohim, who choose not to follow God. And the idea behind that is that the, the spiritual family was first and the human family is next. And that parts of that spiritual family don't like the human family. And that this theme of uh, first on the scene, next on the scene, uh, and how there's often conflict between the two will now run between uh, and throughout the scripture. You see it over and over again that there's jealousy and strife. And those things, it starts back here in the garden as we move on. The failure of both the serpent, part of the spiritual family, and the human family is a theme now that sets that up throughout the scripture uh, as human and spiritual uh, rebellion that we're going to see as we go through this story. God's response is fascinating, I think, to human failure in that he doesn't dismiss us or write us off. He actively pursues us. And we see that set up in, in Genesis 3, when even after this tremendous failure, God pursues them in the garden and invites them into dialogue and out of hiding. That's a big deal. And you'll see that over and over again in the scripture. It was important to note that the curse that happens uh, is not on people. It's on the serpent and on the ground. And that's a big part of the story as well. God never gives up on people. And in fact, as you continue to read the story in Genesis 3, which I hope you did, you'll see that even after they failed, he ministers to them, provides them clothing, does some uh, really amazing things. And that, I said last week, Genesis 3.15, that verse sets up really the rest of the story. He moves on from that point, And that the big sort of theme from there on is that it's the offspring. It's the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent. And what that looks like throughout the story, and that the offspring of the woman will ultimately crush the head of the serpent, and that the battle isn't between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent, because we're never, our, our enemy is never other people, it's just not, we, we wage war, you know, differently, it's not against flesh and blood, powers, principalities, uh, is where the battle lies, and that ultimately, an offspring of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. And in the story, that's what we're waiting for. Who is this seed that's going to take care of that? And you'll see that now as we move through the scripture. And so those are the things that we have looked at. I want to say this as we sort of take a deeper dive into scripture about the wise. And I also am, am trying to, as we'll, we'll look at some of Genesis 4, and then we'll try and relate to it in a practical way. We did that last week with Genesis 3, and, the, and we looked at temptation, and we're going we're gonna to take on a little subject at the end of this to sort of help in our, how does our, how does reading the Bible like this help us day to day? And part of it is that the more time you spend in the Word of God, the more it impacts your life, and that is designed that way. The Bible is never a one and done uh, and we still have, there's a lot of people, I, I never want to say this in a guilty, judgmental sort of way, believers that haven't read the Bible. Uh, and I, I try and encourage you of the importance of reading the Bible, but, and one of the big is the enemy doesn't want you to read the Bible. And so we get stuck and we, we don't pursue it, but you need to read it and, and then you, you need to read it again and again and again. And that it's designed that way, that the more you hang out with the Bible, the more is revealed of the story. And it's like that. It's not like any other book. And, you know, 
30 years in plus into this journey and reading the Bible a lot. I'm, I'm like a little kid a lot of times during the week as I study because all these things pop up. And all I can think of is how cool is God that these things are going on that I haven't seen and I've been reading it for so long. And, and that somehow that will sort of, you'll catch on to that. And then over time, as you read the Bible, the, the thing that happens is the Bible begins to read you and impacts you. And so that's my hope. And and so part of reading the Bible, this is no extra charge, I'll do this real quick. I was looking at it this week. And uh, so that where people get stuck sometimes, they'll tell me, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't under I don't read the Bible because I can't understand it. I don't understand it. Why is it so hard to understand? And I think this is helpful. Um, it's hard to understand on purpose. So that you have to draw in to get it. It's it God designed so that you are intrigued enough that you come in and you read it. It's not simple. It's not impossible, but it's designed so that you have to go in there. It's like when Jesus taught in parables. A lot of you have read the parables in the New Testament. Well, they don't make any sense at all. And even his guys said to Jesus, why do you do this? Why don't you just tell us what you mean? What's the answer? Because Jesus knew that if he got them to the place where they would have to think about it and pray about it and be drawn into it, then it would have an impact. The entire Bible is like that. It's designed to draw you in. And uh, so so if you don't understand it, good. That's a, that's a win. If you'd read it and said you understood it all, you're not getting it. And, and this, this, was a, this was what popped out of me. This is just the first six verses of Proverbs, and we're making time for this. Uh, and six, number six is the big one. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. The, the purpose of the Proverbs. For gaining wisdom and instruction. For understanding words of insight. For receiving instruction and prudent behavior. Doing what is right and just and fair. I like that. For giving guidance to those who are simple. That's kind of funny, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Knowledge and discretion to the young. Um, Verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning guidance, listen to number 6, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. It's telling you that there's riddles in here. Not that you can't figure them out with God's help, but you can, and it's supposed to be like, some of you like a good mystery, Right? And, and some of you like to solve puzzles. And you need to approach the Bible like that. It's a, it's a, it draws you in. And every time one of those little riddles answer, it's like, oh, I, I sometimes I'll jump, I'll be in my office and I'll think everybody needs to get this. Cause it makes me go, God, you're so cool. But then I just sit back in my chair in my office. Anyway. So we're, we're doing a pretty deep look. And uh, then trying to balance that with some practical stuff. And we're in uh, Genesis chapter 4 now. And in Genesis 4, things you're going to see for the first time uh, in the scripture. You're going to have the first sibling rivalry, which will then happen over and over and over and over and over again throughout the Bible. There's all. None of the siblings. Anyway, not none, but a bunch of them. You never conflicted with your brothers and sisters, right? <laughs> okay, good. The first murders in there, Genesis 4. Hmm. And the first city 
is also there, which is a big deal uh, as we'll move forward. But we'll, we'll cover what we can and we'll get there. And I want to start with the first part of what's happening in the story that most people know about is this offering uh, that Cain and Abel bring to the Lord. Most people had, maybe didn't understand it and maybe it's... Because I think it reveals over time more and more about what's going on. But let's let's talk about it. Let's read it in context. We'll start in verse 1. Uh, and Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became uh, pregnant and gave birth to Cain. And she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Lot, lots of discussion about exactly what's going on. Here's my take. Um, they had just gotten exiled, and the enemy had sort of defeated them. And they know it's an offspring that's going to crush his head. I think she's pretty excited. She just produced an offspring. And she's like, good, we can, this can be over. Right? This whole thing, we can fix this. Uh, and so she's pretty excited here in the beginning. Uh, and so, uh, that, that begins. And then verse, at least some Bible verses are funny. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Not as much fanfare. And Abel's name is funny in the, in the Hebrew language. His name actually means vapor. Abel is in and out of this story pretty quickly. Like a vapor. It's in the book. Now, Abel kept flocks, and uh, Cain uh, worked the soil. So we had shepherds and farmers, both, you know, lovely professions and very important. But there's something, uh, when you're reading the scripture, where God has a heart for shepherds. I think it has to do with the fact that they have to live in the wilderness, and they really have to trust him, and maybe more than if you're kind of, you know, collected in one spot. And because when you see shepherds, it's a big deal. And here we got Abel, first one uh, that's recorded for us. But as the story moves on, look for shepherds, all right? Because they're going to be everywhere. In the end, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all shepherds. Joseph, a shepherd. Moses, a shepherd. David, a shepherd. On and on and on and on. There's something going on. Just trying to look for these themes. So you, oh, there's a shepherd there. Uh, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil. He's a former, farmer as an offering to the Lord. And so this looks like a good thing, right? And, and Abel also brought an offering. And, and so it, was, it looks like it was Cain's idea. And Abel's, well, that's a pretty good idea. I should do that as well. And uh, Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Uh, fat portions are apparently a delicacy in the Old Testament. Culturally now, we're like, not so much. But... Ooh, the fat portions. <gasps> fat portions. <sighs> and the Lord looked with favor on Abel in his offering, but on Cain in his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And here's a lot of people will go, what, you know, looks, what's the difference? What's going on? Apparently, what we're seeing is that Abel was more selective and put more thought into his offering. Like it was, it had great value because that's the value that he had on the Lord. Cain brought an offering, but it wasn't quite the same. And so what God does is he looks on favor with Abel's offering. Now, he doesn't reject Cain. He doesn't reject Cain's offering. He basically, uh, when, when he notices that Cain is upset because there's just been this sort of constructive... Cri- How many of you like constructive criticism? Oh, I'll have some, please. He didn't receive it well. But God, see, God doesn't, he's not saying to Cain, you know, you can't ever come back from this. It's a, it's a learning moment. And I think those are perfectly fine. It's an opportunity. Oh, the able, this was, this was more of the idea. It was new to them. This, oh, this whole thing too is very cool. That it looks like the way it's written is presented 
at the door here. We're going to see about the door in a minute. Uh, at the gate. So in Genesis 3, when, when they were exiled, because they could no longer have access to the tree of life, which was the mercy of God, because having taken of the other tree, which ruined everything, if they had access into the tree of life, they would live in a horrible condition forever, which nobody wants. It would be horrific. So God's mercy, and he closes the gate of the garden and puts the cherubim there. I love the cherubim. They're always at the, now that we see, you're going to see cherubim and swords at the gate of important things. And it, and so it looks like this offering was presented there because right behind it, they know. It's not like they've been kicked out where they can't tell what's going on. There's a gate and a garden and they know that the tree of life is there and they're, they're sort of bringing this offering and this is what the Lord says about the offerings. And, and Cain is upset. He's really angry about what happens. But God comes and talks to Cain. This is what God does. Even when we've not lived up to our potential or done what we could do, uh, and he says to Cain, why are you angry? He said, I didn't tell you I didn't love you. I didn't. I just said, hey, this, this one's better than this one. Um, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. In effect, now what, what's being set up here is in this next generation. So we had Adam Eve missing it. Now it's a sort of a repay of the story in this next group of a test of a, of a, will you take from the tree of a life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? You have a choice to make. One leads to life, one doesn't. So which way are you going to go? And this is it again. If you do what is right, you'll be accepted. Uh, but if you don't, Sin is crouching at your door. It's the same picture of the serpent again. Ready to, if you go in the wrong direction, that's what's going to happen. And so the, the story is laid up and he just is, has said to Cain, yeah, you're going to be, do the right thing. It's all going to be good. Well, that's not how the story goes. And so there's another fall and another fallout. Just like we saw in Genesis 3. Look what happens. Cain said to his brother, verse 8, Abel, let's go out to the field. Uh, Abel should have gone. Yeah, no. I'm good. <laughs> you're, you're angry. I'm not going. But what did he know? That's never happened before. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Abel's out of the story. And the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? Can I, can I tell you that in the, in the Hebrew, this is almost exactly the same question that God gives to uh, Adam when he says, where are you? It's just a little syllable on the end to cover the name. Same, it's, the, it's the same setup. It's the same deal. Where's your, where's your brother? The same response is because, you know, Adam and Eve are going to blame shift and do all that other stuff. And look what, look what Cain says. I don't know. Of course he knows. He killed him. He's there. Am I my brother's keeper? Apparently not. What have you done? Listen. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. This cry out from the ground, you're going to see repeated throughout Scripture. Uh, it's a big deal. God moves on those things. Now you're under a curse and driven from the ground, which opens his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You'll be a restless wanderer on the earth. And this is Cain's judgment. Now God doesn't... You, you know, often people think that God would just... Okay, you... you Adam and Eve should have cut them off and done and you know why didn't he kill them Cain does what he's not supposed to do why and yet God continues to work with humans even in their failures and he he does you know make some provision for Cain on this journey but now he'll be a restless wanderer he's supposed to be he he doesn't stay that way he builds a city but that's that's later on in the story 
And, and so this leads us to this point, and here's what the writers are trying to get to. If you remember Genesis 3.15, you have the offspring of the woman, the seed of the woman, and the offspring of the serpent. And I told you last week that it's not your, about your lineage. You get to choose which stream you're going to be in, which, where, where you want to be. We looked at Scripture last week. What's happened, what the writers are saying here, because of the actions and the choices of Cain, he switched camps. And he's now, in effect, the offspring of the serpent living the way the serpent would live. And and this is the story then that we'll keep repeating of the conflict between the seeds of the woman and the and the seeds of the serpent. And uh, if you do what is right, and this, it was an action, a choice, will you not be accepted? If you don't do what's right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. You must rule over it. That's the setup that's going on. And there's and the picture is that there's two wills at work. Now we're going to move into the New Testament because I, I tell you how much I, I love the Apostle John and how he gets these things. And this is in the New Testament and it's about this story and how it impacts us. First John 3.10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. There's an offspring thing that I've been talking about. It's right there. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning, way back in Genesis. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love each other. And anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, get this. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Our actions make a difference in how we live this thing out. It's not a rule thing, not following rules. It's just being plugged in and going in the way of the Lord. I have called this for years. This is the practical part. If you've been with me, you'll know it. We had bracelets somewhere out there. Do the next right thing. Most of you have heard that, right? How, could people say to me, how, how do I, how do I live this thing out? I, I, I don't know. Do the next right thing. Well, how do I know the will of God in my life? I, I don't know. Just do the next right thing. And you'll get there. Because if God dropped his whole will on you all at once, you wouldn't be able to handle it anyway. So do the next thing and you're in, tr- you're on track. Um, so, so how do we do this? So let's, we have this amazing, amazing advantage when it comes to doing what's right as followers of Jesus, because First John, we just read it in 3, that, that Jesus has come and he's defeated sin and death. And, and in him now, we are the children of God. And amazingly, over and above that, we have Holy Spirit now. Ah, as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Holy Spirit, God lives in us. And he empowers us to to do the next right thing. So not only can we make the right choice, we now have the power to back up that choice. We don't always go in that direction, but it's all available to us, and this is wonderful. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And and so, you know, love is sort of overwraps those all, and also so does self 
self-control, and I believe that's what this talks about. Uh, in this fruit of self-control is doing the next right thing. Because anything uncontrolled in your life can damage your relationships. Ask Abel. So this idea, though, of self-control is it's not about us mustering up our own willpower because if you if you do make some you know improvements in your life because of your willpower guess who gets the credit for that you do but when you realize that it, you you're relying on the help of God and Holy Spirit to do it then he gets the praise and that's where life is and so true self control it's a gift from above produced in and through us by Holy Spirit. And so we have to understand that this is a yielding thing. It's us cooperating with Him to choose to do the next right thing. And so it's, it's this, it's not rule following. It's a, it's a yieldedness to Holy Spirit. And it's then, you know, moving in the right direction to follow God. Now, it, Holy Spirit doesn't overwhelm us. He partners with us. And so I think there's a couple of things we can do to sort of Get into that process of self-control. And there just, there's probably a lot of things, but just two quickly because I want to, we're going to wrap this up here shortly. The first one is this. Uh, we, we need to be responsible for our actions. And we hate being responsible for our actions. We don't, and we, we, just like Adam and Eve, we're, the Adamic proclivity is to shift it on someone else. Well, I did that because this one, or that one, or because of this, or because of that. So this is normal in our culture. This is where people go. Because we have so much trouble saying, I was... <laughs> That's a Fonzie on Happy Days thing. Some of you get that. I was... He couldn't say wrong. And it's funny now, just as it was funny then, because we can't. We have trouble saying, I was wrong. And that there's so much life in saying, yeah, I was wrong. You know, to God even, I was wrong. I mean, he gives Adam and Eve, what happened? I was wrong. They didn't say that. No, it was this one. It was that one. And it's still true today. It's, I was wrong. And there's life in just saying it instead of fighting it all the time. I was wrong. I, I was wrong. And even, you know, even if we can say I was wrong, you know what we follow it with? But, thank you. There's always a big but on the I was wrong. I said this to the last group. Don't let your big but get in the way of the I was wrong. But, which nullifies your I was wrong. It means you weren't really wrong. It was but. Don't. So just own it because there's life and there's freedom. When you get out from that, there's life that comes from just sort of getting to deal with some of that stuff with the Lord. And yeah, okay, I was wrong. I, I could have done way better. I could have, that could have been a better offering, Lord. Yeah, okay. Next one, watch. Oh, I'm gonna, oh next one, watch what's happening. Yeah, could have been instead of killing him, maybe a little healthy competition might have been a good thing. Let's see who can give the better one. We, we get stuck. And, and, and so let's be responsible instead of, I get lots of things happen. This, oh, this is a tough, fallen, messy world with a very real enemy. I'm not saying things didn't happen, but, but let's just own our part and press forward and trust in God and make some move, uh, and allow Holy Spirit to really have some access in our lives. And, and so we just got to say, you know, you admit, admit you're powerless, ask for help. That's God, will you help me? I can't. I'm not going to make it. I can't do it. 
that's a win. And, and so head in that direction. Second, and, and this last thing, live with integrity. Uh, integrity. There's not much integrity around us anymore. We don't have very many examples. People will say what they think they need to say in a situation. And we often promote those people as having it together when they, it couldn't be further from the truth. I, I think integrity is this. This is, this is my understanding for me. Integrity is, is when uh, how I say I believe and how I live my life are as close as I can get them. I'm not perfect. No, I don't know anybody perfect, but that's my heart. I say that this is that, and I, I try to live that out, yield the Holy Spirit, and, and have Him help me. And that's doing the next right thing. That's what it looks like. And that I find help in this, in this proverb 15. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. To live with integrity for me is that you live like somebody's watching. Do you know where the enemy trips you up? If you think you can get away with something, well, no one will know. Who's going to know? No one will find out. And if they do find out, I'll have a good butt to give them. <sighs> I've got a big butt that I can use in this situation. Just, it's freeing. You know, in today's world, like somebody is watching. I mean, God's watching all the time. That's, we've had that. But, you know, the cameras are... So, it's a lip, so don't try and get away with stuff. Just, if you... If you if you can't do it with everybody watching, don't do it. How about that for integrity? Whew, that probably changed the world. Okay. We're going to, this week, think about these things as you, as you press in practically. So when you're wrong, just it's okay, be wrong. God still loves you. Do you get that? Even after failures, do you see how God pursues people? It's never been performance. I love you. Come on, let's do the right thing. Live with, like he's watching. Live with integrity, like, like you can with everybody. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a hard thing. And then get the chance, read more of Genesis 4. I'm going to dig into some more next week and got some more stuff. And move into Genesis 5 a little bit. But let the, let the Bible read you. Uh, life-changing. Okay, I, I could talk forever. I'm not going to. Ministry team, those of you here, head over the wall. People on the way to that wall, they're here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything today, they'll make sure that you get it. And let me say again, all of this starts by knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Romans 10, right? If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Part of the children of God, in the right family, everything moving. Holy Spirit comes, whoo, things begin to change. If you've never done it, please, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? It's the beginning of everything good. Amen. There's a peace that comes when you admit that you're powerless and you just go, ah, and suddenly the, the thundering train in your ear stops and there's peace just by saying, I was wrong, I was powerless, right? We, we're, we're, I, I was <laughs> chuckling because last, last group I, I fessed up. So yesterday we had a discussion about something that doesn't really matter, but we had a discussion. About Doug's and she, phone. It was about a phone case and whether a phone was... And I, I said, no, he, he has a, definitely has a case on his phone, my son. She said, no, he definitely does not. And, and then I came and found out Saturday night. And this morning on the way here, I said to her, oh, by the way, I was wrong. And, 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 and she went, yeah, you were. <laughs> Because I didn't want to argue about it. 
I just went, okay, he's wrong. And went on with my life knowing he would see Doug's phone and realize it was a skin. And okay, so you've all seen too much. Anyway. Lots I, of freedom in that, though, yeah. so eventually. <laughs> After I told him, I know you were wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen. God wants to pray for marriages. He wants to bless marriages today. Yes. So if any of you are struggling or, you know, whatever's going on, whatever's happening, you might not be struggling. It might just be an issue between you that you want to do. Maybe you're looking at your next life goal together. Whatever it might be, let the Lord, let our prayer team pray for you, lay hands on you, and bless your marriage today. Amen? Amen. Good word. And uh, prayer will be over there. Thank you, church, for your amazing generosity. We get to do so many cool things, not only here, but around the world. And uh, it's because you're generous. So thank you for that. Ways to give her on there. We appreciate you doing all of that. Let's sing doxology, and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. are in good voice. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. Prayer is over there if you need it. Those doors are open for you as you head out that way. Thank you once again for being overly kind to one another as you try and get out of here today. Let the love of God be all over you as you do that. Hope your team wins. Catch some fish. Snack well. Bye. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we have, we're excited. We have a frozen pizza for later. I'm yes, actually quite excited yeah, about that for our snack. Really and some crudite. So, celery and carrots. Have a great week in the Lord and enjoy your snacks on you Super Bowl Sunday. Hungry. God bless you guys. Bye. Yes.